0: Social impact everywhere. Welcome back, my fellow social impactors, to another episode of the Social Impactors podcast. And today we have with us Sonia Strobel, who is the co-founder and CEO of Skipper Auto, a sustainable seafood subscription program. And Sonia, I wanted to first start off by saying thank you so much for being with me here, uh, with me here today.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be chatting with you today.
0: And we're going to dive right into social impact, which I know is super uh, at home in BC. And I, I, you know, we talked about this before. I love everything that's happening in BC. Incredible, incredibly socially innovative companies. But uh, this first question really is just about, uh, you know, who you are, what you do, but on the lens of a social
1: impactor.
0: So uh, if you can just explain that, I'd love for the guests to get to know you a little bit more.
1: Well, sure. Yeah. So, so Auto, as you said, it's a sustainable seafood subscription program, but really what we're trying to do is we're trying to disrupt and solve and fix the problems in the global seafood industry, which is a very, very broken industry. Um, You know, everything from, uh, you know, massive overfishing, large-scale factory boats, there is rampant, uh, you know, child labor and slave labor in the seafood industry. Um, there's there are huge problems around mislabeling. So you know, study after study shows that around half the seafood that we get in Canada is not even what it says it is on the label. So you know, it's a thoroughly broken industry. And um, so you know, my family is a fishing family. Skipper Otto is actually my father-in-law. Oh, and, there you go. <laughs> so that's where the name kind of comes from. And you know, being a fishing family, we were watching. You know. This, all these problems in this global seafood industry. And at the same time, watching fishing families like ours being paid just pennies on the dollar for our catch. Um, and all of that catch being exported, you know, about 90% of what you can get in Canada is imported foreign seafood. And about 80% of our catch is exported. So it's there's this, just this crazy kind of mismatch. And we saw a problem that needed to be fixed. And that's really why we started Skipper Auto. It was all about the social and the environmental impact.
0: And I mean, the one thing you just said, that's, that's you know, absurd, <laughs> that, that 80% of the, the seafood that we have is imported, but we have, you know, the largest bodies of water, nat- like uh, natural bodies of water in the world.
1: Yeah, and the cleanest.
0: Exp- you know, and the cleanest, you know, yeah, and we export that much?
1: Yes, yes, wow. we export it. You know, and go to the grocery store and try to find Canadian seafood in the grocery store. It's almost impossible.
0: So maybe this is, you know, a little bit off topic, but why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think that that's, you know, global you know global industry and global capitalism really is about how you can uh, make the highest profits with the lowest costs and often those profits are made at the expense of things that are not measured so environmental and social impact isn't measured Uh, it isn't factored into the equation of where you can make the highest profits and if they were we would have a very different global seafood supply chain.
0: Hmm. No, you're right about that, and I mean it's it's pretty evident in in what I consider you know traditional industries, you know healthcare and 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 what I'm understanding now very much, you know the, the uh, seafood industry or the fishing industry that the it, those traditional industries have built up such structure that it's very hard for them to adapt and change.
1: Yes, that's very true. It's very hard for them to adapt and change, and when a lot of the profit comes from the fact that you know you're able to. Uh, you know, spoil the commons, as it were, are able to take advantage of the, the earth and of relaxed of, um, regulations in foreign countries that allow you to pay people poorly or to take advantage of, you know, again, just people environment, um, these massive machines, these industries are just set up to keep churning out this same product with these same costs and these same um, detriments to, to social and environmental um, realities around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really believe that doesn't have to be that way. People will often say when you run a social venture, oh, well, that's a nice little idea. But you you can't run the world. You can't feed the world. You can't be profitable in those ways. But that's what we're proving. We've been doing this for 10 years and we're proving that it can be profitable and you can pay living wages and you can have environmental sustainability at the same time.
0: Well, I mean, it's a little bit of a compound effect too, right? What you've just shown is you've shown a very successful business. You've shown that you can do it, which leads other people to think they can do it. And then that ripple effect that you have down the system is you have social enterprises that are doing you know, similar things, disrupting that industry.
1: Yep, it's absolutely true. You know, we're part of a larger sort of um, community of practice of of, uh, people in fishing communities around North America and increasingly around the world that are trying to do the same sort of thing, preserve a traditional fishing way of life in their coastal communities. And so uh, we work together, we have conferences every couple of years to get together with folks and share our best practices so that we really can change this around the world.
0: That's amazing. Wow. So uh, this next question I have for you is a a really good segue because it's on the community impact. And the question I have for you is, how are you then, maybe you as an individual or you as Skipper Auto, how are you making a positive impact in your community?
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of layers to that. I mean, where I'll start is talking about fishing communities. And so, you know, the BC coast is a vast, vast coast and there are traditional indigenous and coastal communities all up and down this, this province, um, whose way of life, it's the very fabric of that community to fish. And it has been for hundreds and even thousands of years in many cases, a traditional you know, uh, interaction with that ecosystem for food for humans and for uh, commercial purposes as well. And that way of life disappears more and more that the global seafood industry becomes you know, high seas, offshore fishing, um, you know, big companies, uh, big extraction methods. We lose that traditional way of life and it drives people out of their communities. So you have people who are leaving their communities and they're working in the oil patch and they're missing their kids growing up and all these kinds of things because they can't persist in a traditional way of life. So, you know, one aspect of community development and community preservation is ensuring that people who come from this traditional way of life can continue in it and continue to live in their communities.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there is a, Vast knowledge base that we can learn from, from you know, um, indigenous knowledge and indigenous ways of being. You know, I, I I did a program at uh, um, my college about that specifically, and it was about the uh, Ojibwe way of being. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the connection to earth, you know, the, the, they, are, they were doing circular economies <laughs> for thousands of years, and we can learn so much from the practices that they've been doing.
1: That's right. And, if and we, as long as we don't drive these ways of life out of existence before we even have a chance to, uh, to acknowledge and recognize and honor those ways of life.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, you know, again, I, could, I have to say kudos to you for doing, you know, leading that charge. That's a, it's a hard thing to do because it's a little bit of an uphill battle, but I mean, you've been doing it for 10 years, so that's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah it's true. It is an uphill battle, but it's well worth it. And I, and I think that the, it's well worth it when you see that the community is two sides. As well right so we're preserving a traditional way of life in these coastal communities but also that you know we look around our community here in vancouver or communities we have members all across canada and those people in these various communities can't access as i said before they can't access canadian seafood they can't access traceable seafood or even quality seafood a lot of the time, uh, or environmentally sustainable seafood. And so we're really, what we're trying to do as well in terms of a community, uh, aspect is, um, is fixing the food system so that in communities, people can be accessing local food and not be dependent on these, you know, the whims of global trade.
0: I love that. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that really is. Again, local sustainable food is the, is, uh, maybe this is my personal opinion, but one of the only ways forward, it has to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the business then. Mm-hmm. And the question I have for you now is, do you believe social impact, you know, as this grand idea or social uh, business, social purpose, do you believe they're an important part of business?
1: Absolutely. For me, the, the only interesting thing about running a business to me is how we can change the world through this tool. So how can we make the world better for communities, uh, improve our environmental relationship to the environment? That's the reason to be in it. We all need to make a living. And I fully believe that everyone can make living wages and also at the same time not manipulate, take advantage of, uh, you know, people and environments that are are vulnerable.
0: Yeah, it's... (laughs) again that cyclical economy or that that idea that your waste is someone else's resources we have to be able to implement that we can't we can't can't keep being an extractionary um you know way of being or society
1: exactly and as i said before i think you know, we're, we're what we're doing, we're kind of meta-conscious about what we're doing, right? We mm. are trying to provide this beautiful seafood product to our members. We are trying to pay living wages to our fishing families and to everyone who touches the seafood. And at the same time, we are proving something. Mm. So we're very aware. We want to be under the microscope. We want to prove that it can be done differently. So, you know, one example is that um, when we talk about traceability, It's sort of like this buzzword, right? And people are like, oh, well, ours is traceable. We can tell you that it came from this massive vessel off the coast of Vietnam, right? (laughs) It's not traceability. Um, So our, our seafood is traceable to the extent that every piece of fish on every piece of seafood, we put a label that has the face of the person who caught it along with their total, their bio and where, when and how it was caught. And that's a level of traceability that everyone says to you isn't possible. It's not possible at scale. And we're demonstrating that's what we're doing. We're saying, really, you don't think it's possible. We're doing it. And I think we can prove that things can be done better.
0: Wow. And, and maybe traceability is you know, a term that's used in the industry you're in, but that's, that's transparency to me. That is complete transparency for the consumer. You, you've just given, like, I, I could only imagine, again, I, I haven't seen uh, uh, this done on a large scale before, but I can only imagine, you know, picking up that, that fish and seeing that person's face. That's also that human connection. You just made me feel for the farmer for, or for the fisherman who's gone out and done that and, and, and brought, brought this back for me.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of our members who write to us and say, uh, you know, when we serve fish at our dinner table, we cut out the label and we bring it to the table and we say, hey, thanks, Doug, or hey, thanks, Leroy. And and, and we can look into their eyes, you know, make a real point of making sure that that fisherman's photo is that you can see their eyes because that personal connection, it go, it runs all the way through the process that our fishermen are more proud. And by the way, we use the term fishermen as a gender neutral term. So most women who fish in the industry also call themselves fishermen. So mm. So people aren't uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the people who catch this fish take real pride because their face is on that label. And often the industry doesn't respect them, doesn't give them, uh, you know, any kind of props for doing great work. And their seafood is all dumped together with another load where it might not have been handled well. But in this case, it goes all the way to the, to the final consumer with their face on it. And they really want to show that pride to them.
0: I love that. It's like eating at the dinner table with Doug, <laughs> like having exactly. the photo on the side.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually, we're having our, um, it's our 10th anniversary this year and we're having a gala in a couple of weeks and uh, we've got a uh, chef's partnered with our fishermen. So the fishermen will be there and the chefs are there um, cooking the fish that that person caught. And so our to circulate to each of these chefs' table stations and be able to have a conversation with both the chef and the person who caught the fish, which I think is a really a cool thing, and it's a level of transparency that people deserve.
0: Yeah, that's that's super impactful too. You've just you know changed the life of of the fishermen, being able to see too on the other side the people who get that food, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, I love that. So th- the last question I have for you is about your advice for others, mm. and so. What is your advice for other people who want to begin making their own social impact in their communities?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the the biggest thing I would say is like take a look around and find a real problem that needs to be solved first. So instead of thinking, oh, I want to sell, you know, fish. Get to know if that's an industry that you really know something about and you know what the real problems are, talk to other people in the industry and ask them what they wish was different. And then don't listen when someone says, yeah, but it's not done that way. Or yeah, but it's always done this way. Um, Think outside of that and think of how how would the world be different if it wasn't done that way? And out of that, I think, comes amazing innovation, great opportunities for um, amazing places to work, great ideas, and for solving some of the world's biggest problems. And I honestly believe that going forward, the businesses that will be successful are the businesses that were started in that way, that started with a problem that they're trying to solve in the world and that the old traditional way of doing business, which is just how can I make the most money? And I don't care about communities and people or the environment or anything. I think they're going to not be agile enough to make changes, to pivot and people aren't going to want to support them.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the, the idea of the dinosaur brain in business. Those, the dinosaur companies that, that, you know, don't innovate enough to get away from that, that, that meteorite,
1: that asteroid. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Wow. Wow. I think that's that's amazing knowledge, and and you know, thank you for for being able to to show your side of that because uh, it's true. You you have to be able to you know change ways, but also think of again that that holistic industry and that holistic process of business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, for for me, a big part of what I do is about. Um, giving back, and I receive a lot of great mentorship, and that I think that I, that it is our responsibility to receive and to give, and so we're, I'm always involved in, you know, whatever ways that I can help other people getting started on social ventures, and I think that's part of the responsibility of all of us in, in social ventures, and so I put that out to your listeners that, you know, if they're, um, you know, struggling with how to get going and they have questions for us, just uh, find us, skiprotter.ca, and, and fire us off a question.
0: That's amazing. Sonia, I want to say thank you so much for, for being, you know, here today. And that was only, you know, 20, 30 minutes of your time, but you've just made an impact on someone's life. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. And thanks for doing this podcast. I think it's a really important thing that's going to uh, help us all change the world.
0: Oh, thank you. That won't go to my ego. Don't worry.